0: Welcome to the LMI podcast. We continue our series today looking at cross-cultural mission in Acts. In this episode we look at the start of what is often called Paul's first missionary journey. So please open up the Bible to Acts chapter 13 and we'll be reading the first 12 verses. chapter 13 verses 1 to 12 and I'm reading from the English Standard Version now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers Barnabas Simeon who was called Niger Lucius of Cyrene Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they'd gone through the whole island, as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, there are seven things that we're going to highlight from this passage before we think about the task of cross-cultural mission today. So let's begin. Firstly, we notice the context from which these events spring. The church at Antioch was clearly led by its leaders to be a worshipping community. We read in verse 2 that these leaders were worshipping the Lord and fasting. Essentially, they were a group of believers who were collectively positioning themselves before God in worship. Now, it may seem like an obvious point to note, but it's important to recognise that the leaders at Antioch were certainly a group who were setting the right tone among the believers. Secondly, we read once again in this series on Mission in Acts that the initiative is with God. In taking the initiative, God, through the Holy Spirit, called Barnabas and Saul. In his commentary on these events in Acts, New Testament scholar Howard Marshall notes, To a church waiting on the Lord, his word now came. Thirdly, The response of the church at Antioch reveals just how serious and intentional they were about obeying the divine commission. Fasting and praying for the chosen men before sending them off to the work. And Luke, the author of Acts, is keen to demonstrate not only the initiative of God in these events, but also his equipping and enabling work highlighting this very thing with the opening statement of verse 4 which notes that Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. The next point to highlight is the activity of the missionary team as they set about responding to their charge. What did they do? Well the scriptures tell us in verse 5 that they proclaimed the word of God. We should also note that this venture was a team effort We're told that it wasn't just Barnabas and Saul. They were also accompanied by John, often referred to as John Mark, who assisted them. For those of you who know your New Testament well, you will know that John departed some time later and his actions were actually the cause of Barnabas and Saul separating when it came to a second missionary journey. But that's not the end of the story. Later on in his life, Paul asks his co-worker Timothy to make contact with John Mark, and to send him on to visit Paul, as he'd become a useful team member once again. Check this out for yourself in 2 Timothy 4 verse 11. Another interesting point to note is the scope of the activity carried out by this team. We read in verse 6 that they'd gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, before meeting the proconsul Sergius Pallas. He was a Roman official with responsibility for governance in that part of the then Roman Empire. Lastly, as we might expect, we read of a mixed reception resulting from these missionary endeavours. There is the expression of interest from the proconsul, but also the opposition from Elimus. And this sort of thing would go on to become a familiar pattern for Paul and his co-workers over the years to come. Now, how might this passage, which focuses on cross-cultural mission on the island of Cyprus in the days of the Roman Empire, how might it inform the task of cross-cultural mission around the world today? Well, as we consider that question, we're going to note four things. Number one, we see a wonderful example of worship and obedience from the leaders of the church at Antioch and their response to God's call upon them to be on mission with the gospel. Today, we need to respond in the same way to the same task that lies ahead of us. The majority of people listening to this podcast will have a complete copy of the scriptures. And it's clear from these scriptures that all followers of Jesus receive the commission to make disciples of all nations. Let's make sure that we, like the church at Antioch, respond obediently to this call in whatever way the Lord leads us. For some, this means going. For some, this means giving to support those who go. For all, this means praying into these things. Let's make sure that the example of Antioch obedience spurs us on to respond in a similar way. Number two. We saw, as we examined the passage, that right at the centre of these endeavours was the proclamation of the Word of God. When we consider the task of cross-cultural mission to reach the unreached today, it's essential that we adopt this same approach. The Gospel is the only saving message that leads to reconciliation with God and forgiveness of sins when it is met with faith in Christ by those who receive it. Now that kind of absolute claim is often not popular in today's pluralistic world, but it remains absolutely true. Jesus said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And one of his first followers, the Apostle Peter, when sharing the good news of Christ with others, he declared that there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved as seen in Acts 4, verse 12. We have such wonderful news about who Christ is and what he has done. Let's be sure to make that good news the indispensable centre of our disciple-making activities. This message is the message, and we need to proclaim it, just as was the case with these early missionary endeavours in Acts. Number three. We also recognise that this activity called for a team effort, that Barnabas and Saul were serving together and that they were assisted by John Mark. We need to recognize the need for this team dynamic in the task of cross-cultural mission today. There remain more than 7,000 people groups throughout the nations who are still considered unreached or unengaged by the good news of Jesus Christ. That's more than 40% of the world's population. Did you know that? To get informed about the most vital task we face today, please do check out the Joshua Project online and you'll find lots more information there. For this situation to change, we need to see increasing cooperation across the body of Christ in the global task of disciple making. We need to see the sharing of expertise, knowledge and experience as the charge to reach the lost is carried out. That's why mission agencies like LMI exist, to partner with the local church around the world in order to support the people of God as they respond to his call upon their lives. We consider it a real joy and privilege to have ministry partnerships in Africa, Southeast Asia, Europe and India. Through these partnerships, we assist the local church in these places because as our vision statement says, we want the world to know Jesus. Finally, number four, we identified in today's passage that the missionary team and their efforts had considerable scope for their activities. In fact, they covered virtually the whole island of Cyprus. This same kind of comprehensive coverage remains vital today in the task of cross-cultural mission. We need to replicate this commitment and coverage because our task of disciple making among all peoples demands it. We cannot rest knowing that nations have received the gospel because these same nations are home to diverse groups of peoples who at times display cultural and even linguistic differences within the same geographic location of the one nation. For example, we cannot truly say that all India or all Myanmar has been reached with the gospel when there remain so many people groups within those nations who are unreached. The comprehensive coverage displayed by the early mission to Cyprus that we've been thinking about is a key model for us to follow if we're going to get anywhere near finishing the task before us today. Well, up next in this series we continue with Paul and Barnabas following their cross-cultural activities into the Greek culture of their day in Acts chapter 14. So do look out for that. Now, if you'd like to study God's word with us and join many others around the world who are benefiting from our free distance learning program, you can enroll online at our website to begin. For information about Logos Ministries International, our ministry partnerships and work of sharing the good news of Jesus around the world, please visit us online at lmi-org.net. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram using the handle LMI underscore connect. Or find us on Facebook by searching for Logos Min International. Thank you for listening and do join us next time on the LMI podcast.